When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The poem says, Human voices wake us, and we drown. But I've made this podcast with the belief that human voices are what we need. And so, whether from a year or 3,000 years ago, whether poetry or prose, whether fiction or diary or biography, here are the best things we have ever thought, written, or said. Here is a wonderful passage from early on in George Orwell's book, Down and Out in Paris and London. It is altogether curious, your first contact with poverty. You have thought so much about poverty. It is the thing you have feared all your life, the thing you knew would happen to you sooner or later. And it is all so utterly and prosaically different. You thought it would be quite simple. It is extraordinarily complicated. You thought it would be terrible. It is merely squalid and boring. It is the peculiar lowness of poverty that you discover first. The shifts that it puts you to. The complicated meanness. The crust wiping. You discover, for instance, the secrecy attaching to poverty. At a sudden stroke, you have been reduced to an income of six francs a day. But of course, you dare not admit it. You have got to pretend that you are living quite as usual. From the start, it tangles you in a net of lies. And even with the lies, you can hardly manage it. You stop sending clothes to the laundry and the laundress catches you in the street and asks you why. You mumble something, and she, thinking you are sending the clothes elsewhere, is your enemy for life. The tobacconist keeps asking why you have cut down your smoking. There are letters you want to answer, and cannot, because stamps are too expensive. And then there are your meals. Meals are the worst difficulty of all. Every day at mealtimes, you go out, ostensibly to a restaurant, and loaf an hour in the Luxembourg Gardens, watching the pigeons. Afterwards, you smuggle your food home in your pockets. Your food is bread and margarine, or bread and wine, and even the nature of the food is governed by lies. You have to buy rye bread instead of household bread, because the rye loaves though dear, are round and can be smuggled in your pockets. This wastes you a franc a day. Sometimes, to keep up appearances, you have to spend 60 centimes on a drink and go correspondingly short of food. Your linen gets filthy, and you run out of soap and razor blades. Your hair wants cutting, and you try to cut it yourself with such fearful results 
that you have to go to the barber after all and spend the equivalent of a day's food. All day you are telling lies and expensive lies. You discover the extreme precariousness of your six francs a day. Mean disasters happen and rob you of food. You have spent your last 80 centimes on half a liter of milk and are boiling it over the spirit lamp. While it boils, a bug runs down your forearm. You give the bug a flick with your nail and it falls, plop, straight into the milk. There is nothing for it but to throw the milk away and go foodless. You go to the baker's to buy a pound of bread and you wait while the girl cuts a pound for another customer. She is clumsy and cuts more than a pound. Pardon, monsieur, she says. I suppose you don't mind paying two sous extra. Bread is a franc a pound, and you have exactly a franc. When you think that you too might be asked to pay two sous extra, and would have to confess that you could not, you bolt in panic. It is hours before you dare venture into a baker's shop again. You go to the greengrocer's to spend a franc on a kilogram of potatoes, but one of the pieces that make up the franc is a Belgian piece, and the shopman refuses it. You slink out of the shop and can never go there again. You have strayed into a respectable quarter, and you see a prosperous friend coming. To avoid him, you dodge into the nearest café. Once in the café, you must buy something, so you spend your last fifty centimes and a glass of black coffee with a dead fly in it. One could multiply these disasters by the hundred. They are part of the process of being hard up. You discover what it is like to be hungry. With bread and margarine in your belly, you go out and look into the shop windows. Everywhere there is food insulting you in huge, wasteful piles. Whole dead pigs, baskets of hot loaves, great yellow blocks of butter, strings of sausages, mountains of potatoes, vast gruyere cheeses like grindstones. A sniveling self-pity comes over you at the sight of so much food. You plan to grab a loaf and run, swallowing it before they catch you, and you refrain from pure funk. You discover the boredom which is inseparable from poverty. The times when you have nothing to do and, being underfed, can interest yourself in nothing. For half a day at a time you lie in your bed, feeling like the man in Baudelaire's poem. Only food could rouse you. You discover that a man who has gone even a week on bread and margarine is not a man any longer, only a belly with a few accessory organs. This, one could describe it further, but it is all in the same style, is life on six francs a day. Thousands of people in Paris live it, struggling artists and students, prostitutes when their luck is out, out-of-work people of all kinds. It is the suburbs, as it were, of poverty. 
these three weeks were squalid and uncomfortable, and evidently there was worse coming, for my rent would be due before long. Nevertheless, things were not a quarter as bad as I had expected, for when you are approaching poverty, you make one discovery which outweighs some of the others. You discover boredom and mean complications and the beginnings of hunger, but you also discover the great redeeming feature of poverty, the fact that it annihilates the future. Within certain limits, it is actually true that the less money you have, the less you worry. When you have a hundred francs in the world, you are liable to the most craven panics. When you have only three francs, you are quite indifferent, for three francs will feed you till tomorrow, and you cannot think further than that. You are bored, but you are not afraid. You think vaguely, I shall be starving in a day or two. Shocking, isn't it? And then the mind wanders to other topics. A bread and margarine diet does, to some extent, provide its own anodyne. And there is another feeling that is a great consolation in poverty. I believe everyone who has been hard up has experienced it. It is the feeling of relief, almost of pleasure, at knowing yourself at last, genuinely down and out. You have talked so often of going to the dogs, and, well, here are the dogs, and you have reached them, and you can stand it. It takes off a lot of anxiety. Any comments or suggestions for readings I should make in future episodes can be emailed to humanvoiceswakeus, the number one, at gmail.com. Links to each work used in this episode can be found in the episode description. If you enjoy Human Voices Wake Us, you can subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. The music here is Duke Ellington's Arabesque Cookie.